హలో ఎవ్రీవన్ వెల్కమ్ టు వీలీజ్ అండ్ పాడ్కాస్ట్ మై నేమ్ ఈజ్ వినీత్ రెడ్డి వాకిటి అండ్ ఐఎమ్ అన్ అడ్వకేట్ బై ప్రొఫెషన్ టుడే ఐఎమ్ గోయింగ్ టు గివ్ యూ ది కేస్ బ్రీఫ్ ఆఫ్ బిశాల్ జైస్వాల్ వర్సెస్ అసెట్ రీకన్స్ట్రక్షన్ కంపెనీ ఇండియా లిమిటెడ్ అండ్ అనదర్ బట్ బిఫోర్ జంపింగ్ ఇన్ టు ద ఫ్యాక్ట్స్ ఆఫ్ ది కేస్ ఐ వుడ్ లైక్ టు గివ్ యూ అ బ్రీఫ్ ఇంట్రడక్షన్ రిగార్డింగ్ ది ఇష్యూ రైట్ ఫ్రమ్ ద వెరీ బిగినింగ్ ద ఇంట్రాక్షన్ బిట్వీన్ ద ఐబిసి అండ్ లిమిటేషన్ హ్యాస్ బీన్ వెరీ మచ్ కంటెన్షియస్ and one such contentious issue is the applicability of section 18 of the limitation act to the ibc that is regarding the acknowledgement in writing which extends the limitation period and probably the first supreme court case which dealt with this issue is the babulal vardarji gurjar case and this case instead of resolving the issue has complicated it even further the babulal vardarji gurjar decision actually discussed about the applicability of Article 137 of the Limitation Act to the Court, which says that the limitation for an application to be filed is strictly three years and it can only be extended under Section 5 of the Limitation Act, that is, condonation of delay. And when the respondents in the Babalal Vardarji Gurjar case relied heavily upon the Section 18 of the Limitation Statute, the Court held that this particular section is inapplicable to the present facts and circumstances. But however, the written judgment of the Babalal Vardarji Gurjar sparked the debate that Section 18 of the Limitation Act does not apply to the proceedings under the code and the reason behind that was they pointed out the paragraph of the judgment which states that the limitation is extended only by virtue of Section 5 and not otherwise. Thus, the Supreme Court decision in the Babalal Vardarji has become contentious. But it is very much pertinent to note that Babalal Vardarji Gurjar is not the controlling authority on the application of Section 18 of the Limitation Act because the issue was never erased for consideration before the supreme court in that particular case however the supreme court has clarified its position in mm ramachandran case where it has upheld the applicability of section 18 thus it helped in refuting the argument that the section 18 does not apply to the code itself but however in the meantime a new issue arose that is whether an acknowledgement of debt in the balance sheet entries would extend the limitation period for the purpose of filing an application and on this particular point the national company law appellate tribunal in v padma kumar case held that the entries in the balance sheet do not constitute as an acknowledgement under section 18 of the limitation act this is because the balance sheet or the annual return is mandatory under the companies act and if you don't file the balance sheet or the annual return it might even attract the penal action therefore this mandatory statutory duty cannot be made treated as an acknowledgement under section 18 of the limitation act as per the v padmakumar judgment they also said that if the if that argument is accepted that the balance sheet uh, entries and the annual return amounts to the acknowledgement then there would be no limitation applicable because the corporate debtor is required to file a balance sheet every year and they feel this is not the actual law intended to this is the background of the issue Uh, regarding the balance sheet entries now coming to the facts of the present case that is bishal jaiswal versus asset reconstruction company limited and others the corporate data in this particular case has obtained the credit facilities from the consortium of lenders in the year 2014 subsequently it failed to meet its payment obligations and in the following year 2015 the lenders issued the loan recall notices and subsequently assigned their credit facilities to the asset reconstruction company ARCL and in the year 2018 ARCL has filed an application before the Calcutta bench of NCLT 
for the commencement of CARP. But however, the corporate debtor has contested the admissibility under the ground that the application was barred by limitation. But however, the NCLT Kolkata held that the corporate debtor acknowledged the debt in its balance sheet in the year 2017 and thus renewing the computation of the limitation period and they have accepted the application. And the decision of the NCLT Kolkata was appealed to the NCLT by the corporate debtor. And when appealed, the NCLT referred to the V. Padmakumar judgment again, which I have said earlier. So what NCLT felt, NCLT felt in the present case was the V. Padmakumar judgment requires reconsideration because it deviates from the established legal principles and they tried to refer it to a full bench again. But however, they did not consider that referral. As a result, the case has ended up in the Supreme Court. And now the Supreme Court has heard the case and in its judgment, it referred to the plethora of judgments for the convenience of the listeners of reason. I have not cited every judgment uh, which Supreme Court has referred to. The judgment uh, of the Supreme Court has addressed two issues. The first one is the rationale behind the enactment of the 238A of the IBC. And obviously the present issue that is the entries of the balance sheet as an acknowledgement of debt. And the Supreme Court while discussing the rationale for the enactment of 238A has quoted the report of the Insolvency Law Committee and stated that the code is not a debt recovery mechanism. But however, the exclusion of the law of limitation will be counterproductive because it brings up uh, issues such as it restores the financial and operational creditors whose debts are time-barred under the Limitation Act to file the CARP. And secondly, these debts which are time-barred can eventually become a part of the resolution plan and, and might potentially be included in the resolution plan. So, which is not the intention of the code as per the uh, Insolvency Law Committee and the same has been reiterated by, reiterated by the Supreme Court as well. Further, the court also has held that Section 238A of IBC does not exclude the application of Section 6 or 14 or 18 or any other provision of the Limitation Act to the proceedings. According to that section, all the provisions of the Limitation Act are applicable to the proceedings in NCLT or NCLAT to the extent feasible. Now coming to the main issue that is entries in balance sheet as an acknowledgement. So before this, we have to understand what exactly an acknowledgement should consist of. The acknowledgement as per the Limitation Act must indicate the existence of the jural relationship between the parties such as the debtor and creditor and the such acknowledgement must appear to be made with an intention of admitting such jury relationship. Now coming to the issue, the counsel for the corporate debtor has contended that the managing agents of the company who were required to prepare the documents never intended to make any acknowledgement or admission. But however, the Supreme Court has held that they were required to prepare the documents and they were not required to make any specific admission. This is accepted. But they faithfully performed their duties and in doing so, they made truthful admissions about the company's liabilities. Those admissions, while made in course of their duties, are very much conscious and voluntary admissions. Thus, these admissions become acknowledgements of liability. And just because the admissions were made mandately because of some statutory uh, complaints does not cease to be an acknowledgement of liability. Another point of contention is that none of the balance sheets contain an admission of the liability that exists on the date it is made. So to simplify it further, 
according to the council the balance sheet for the fiscal year which ended in march let's say will be prepared in the month of april and which will include an admission of the past liability but not an admission of the liability on the existing date as a result such an admission does not meet the definition of the acknowledgement under the indian limitation act but however the court determined that the balance sheets meet the test of the acknowledgement it is because uh, they feel the balance sheet contains an admission of the continuing liability to continue the debtor creditor relationship and this can be proved by the fact that the closing balance due to, due to the creditor at the end of the fiscal year will be carried forward as an opening balance due to him at the beginning of the next year so this is what the reasoning and counter argument gave by the supreme court to the above mentioned contention so now the supreme court has said that the balance sheet entries will be treated as an acknowledgement but what exactly is the requirement for an acknowledgement even this is addressed in the judgment it says that the acknowledgement does not have to specify the exact nature or the specific character of the liability but the words used in the acknowledgement in question however must refer to an existing liability and indicate the existence of a jural relationship between the parties such as a debtor and creditor and as well as an intention to admit such a jural relationship so therefore this brings us to the conclusion of the present podcast regarding the balance sheet entries as an acknowledgement of debt but however as i said earlier uh, this is not the only contentious issue uh, in the interplay between ibc and the limitation act there are a lot more other contentious issues as well and to know them keep listening to the wheelism podcast thank you